G'day folks, welcome back. Thanks for tuning in to uh, episode number one. Um, as I mentioned in the intro, the purpose of this is really to make food safety easy for a small business owner and, uh, and to explain and debunk some myths, I guess. The simplicity of a food safety plan, if, if I were to explain it, people get a bit wrapped up in what it means and what they're there for. What I like to do is put myself as a customer. What do I want out of the food business that I'm going to, whether it be a restaurant, a takeaway, uh, or even if I'm in hospital for some reason, the food that I'm served there, uh, served there, any any food business. So what I want as a customer, if I take my business owner hat off now, what I want is food that is fresh, it doesn't have any surprises, and it won't make me sick. What does that mean? What it means is as a business owner, we have to have a good look at how we avoid uh, using food that's not fresh, um, making sure there are no surprises such as a hair, a piece of plastic, a piece of glass, whatever it may be, and that it's um, biologically safe so there's no bacteria affecting it. What we have to do is analyse the risks. There are several risks in handling food. I take my hat off to you, it's one of the hardest small businesses to be in. Uh, the food industry, it's a really difficult one. There are so many risks. The risks uh, start really at the supplier's end. You have to choose a supplier that you know is credible, is safe, and doesn't take shortcuts. Now, the most simple thing to do there is to request a copy of their food registration and uh, and I guess look at the reputation of that business, maybe have a chat to a couple of other customers. If you're dealing with a big mob such as PFD, uh, you're pretty safe. Uh, it's I guess the problems come when you use some of the back backdoor uh, small butchers and meat suppliers and fruit and veg suppliers. That's where I've had some issues in the past. So the supplier is number one, the delivery of their food to your premises is number two. I look very carefully at that. I live in, in a climate that uh, gets up to 44 degrees in summer. I have to take a temperature during that period of all of the food, dealing especially in salmon uh, and, and fish products. The fresh salmon that we don't cook, we put into sushi, that's, uh, that's an extreme risk. So we test every single delivery from our supplier of those really high risk foods. And if it's above five degrees, we send it back. Uh, it sounds harsh, but uh, I'm not taking any risks. And that's a really critical point because we don't know how long it's been out of temperature control. So the next stage, I guess, is, is storing that food. Once it's been delivered, storing it in your premises, you've got to make sure that it's uh, stored somewhere where it's not going to be open to contamination from the environment, from insects. You've got to make sure that temperature controlled foods are below five and frozen foods are below minus 15. That just must happen. Uh, when we remove the food from storage and we heat or we thaw or we freeze or we process in any way, there's risks in that. Probably one of the most common is uh, your staff letting their hair fall into it. I think there's nothing more disgusting than pulling out someone else's hair. Uh, I'm reasonably bald and I don't have much hair and uh, and that's um, it's pretty clear to me when it's not my hair in my soup so I don't like that and I'm sure you wouldn't want your customers to have that situation either. 
um, handling by your chefs or, or your, your staff or yourself. Uh, there's, there's other issues there with cross-contamination. If you use a cutting mat to do um, raw chicken and then you go and prep veggies that are going to be served straight to the customer without cooking, that presents a risk as well. Uh, packaging, we need to make sure that any packaging we use is fit for the purpose and displaying food or delivering it. So there's quite a, quite a few risk areas that we have to analyse. One of the methods that I use to go through this process, I call it HIARC. So that's H-I-A-R-R-C. H-I stands for hazard identification. That is the process of looking at your business, every element of that food handling, working out where the hazards are. And I liken this to getting a pad of paper, really freewheel, look at, look at what might happen, what, what could happen. You read the paper, you see the news, you do all that sort of thing, you see where businesses go wrong. Hair in the food, temperature problems, all these things, you know, metal shavings from, um, from a machine that's grinding a, a grinder or something like that. There's several areas where you can get issues or hazards. So we're gonna identify the hazards. The next thing we're gonna do is we're gonna assess the risk. What risk does that hazard actually pose? In other words, I guess there's two elements to a risk. I like to look at risk of the chance of something happening and balance that against the impact. So um, I guess a piece of metal falling into a, a food item that we're preparing is minimal chance but a very high impact so i treat that fairly fairly strongly um, where you know maybe um, a little bit of extra water going into a recipe um, there's there's a, a risk i guess that's a hazard um, is there is there much ramification in that no that's not going to poison anyone that's not going to cause us too much hassle so we won't treat that as seriously as, as we might the risk of metal shavings going into a product the last part of our hierarch model is risk control. So what that means is we're going to identify the hazards, we're going to assess the risk that those hazards pose, and then we're going to put controls in. Some things we might need to check if we have a particular machine that's made of aluminium and is prone to uh, shredding itself, we may employ the use of a metal detector on, the, on one end, or the other thing we might do is daily we might pull it apart and conduct a manual inspection of that item and make sure that it's in good repair and it's not shredding. You need to be able to then isolate any food or any items that may be contaminated. We'll talk about that a little bit later. So really what, what we're doing in a food safety plan is pulling apart the risks and controlling them in its finest form. Now our environmental health officers at the council, uh, they're a daunting, I guess entity and um, and they make a lot of people break out in a sweat. They've made me break out in a sweat before too. What they want to see is that you're on top of this stuff. They want to know that you are actively looking for hazards and you're um, assessing the risk and you're controlling the risk. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit of a story. <clears throat> Speaking of environmental health officers, I had a sushi train restaurant uh, years ago. Now. For those of you that don't know what a sushi train restaurant is, it's a uh, it's like a big conveyor that runs around and you put plates uh, with a couple of pieces of sushi on it. 
and customers sit at the at the conveyor and the plates go around in front of them and they get to select whatever sushi they want. We count up the plates at the end of it. Anyway, what, what happened on this occasion, I had a customer ring up and tell me that uh, they had a blowfly in their sushi and it had spewed maggots all over the sushi. What we do in a sushi train restaurant is we use a plastic lid to cover the food. And the lids that I used had a little hole, the size of a hole punch hole in the top of it. And the reason for that was it allowed steam to escape um, where we put warm foods in and it didn't fog up the plastic. It's a common thing that we, we, we use a common lid that there are millions of them in circulation all around the world. So it wasn't as though we were doing something out of the ordinary. Anyway, this fella decided that uh, we'd caused him a lot of grief and I really, really, really got upset. I thought, oh my God, what have we done? This is terrible. I got on the front foot. I thought, right, I couldn't foresee this happening. I never even thought it was a thing. I rang my council. I asked to speak to the environmental health officer. He was fantastic. Bit of a grumpy fella. Um, I guess that job makes you grumpy. But the fact that I got on the front foot and I told him about it, it made all the difference. He was there for me 100%. I told him exactly what had happened. I told him what I'd done. I actually bought little labels from Officeworks and I plopped them on the top of the hole to stop anything, um, any flies getting in. And when we next recycled those and bought new ones, I got lids with no holes. So I guess the relationship that I had with that environmental health officer was a good one because I was active. What I'm saying to you guys you need to be proactive, you need to be on top of this stuff. If you get audited, it's not the end of the world. If you are seen to be acting in good faith and doing what you're meant to be doing, and that is looking for hazards and controlling them. A food safety plan really is just a way of documenting this process. It's, it's, there's a lot of words in there and people get a bit um, worried about it. At the end of the day, all we're doing is we're documenting it to make a successful food safety plan it relies on us saying what we do doing what we say and proving it and what i mean by that is we using that example earlier on of the machine that is prone to shredding metal um, we would have in our food safety plan a step that uh, each afternoon when the machine is uh, disassembled for cleaning it is inspected for any signs of wear so we're saying what we do. We need to do what we say. That means that if we're gonna say that we're going to check this machine every day for wear, then we need to do it. And the last element is proving it. That's our food safety record. So we need someone to put their name to it, a date and time saying, I inspected this part and it was free from anywhere. So recapping folks, the simplicity of a food safety plan is putting yourself as a customer and, and looking at what they expect from your business. We use the HIARC method, hazard identification, assessing the risk and risk control to analyze the different stages of, of our food processes. And then what we do is we say what we do, we do what we say and we prove it. Thanks for listening folks, episode two will not be too far away. Thanks.